everybody. Welcome to the Kickin' Show, brought to you each week by KickinTheTires.net. I'm Jerry Jordan, your show's host. We're on episode number 16, and I'm joined tonight by Justin Schuler, Seth Eggert, and the ever-faithful Zach Catanzaretti. How's it going tonight, Zach? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I was, I was away for a week. It was kind of weird being away from you guys for so long, but I'm um, happy to be back right here before Christmas. Well, you know, we got Justin's out on, you know, in California, so he's kind of the, the, the offshoot. You guys, uh, you're, are you still at your parents' house, Zach? Yes, I'm here. I just got here um, a few days ago, so I'll be here through New Year's. Okay, so you're, you're up in Pennsylvania. Yes. Seth, you're in the, the motherland of, uh, of NASCAR <laughs> in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, right outside. And are, who's getting the weather right now? <laughs> That's me. Um, we we had some sleet yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we got like eight or nine inches. It's we've had a fireplace going. It was a crazy storm last night. So it's it's cool <laughs> to see. I'm looking outside and seeing just like mountains of snow. Um, but yeah, there's no Christmas shopping going on uh, this week. That's for sure. Okay, well it's 58 and sunny here in Texas. So, uh, uh, but you know we, we had our we had our share of, of bad weather earlier in the year in the form of hurricanes. But let's jump into the show, and uh, you know. We had some great weather uh, on the second day a couple of weeks ago um, when we went down to Coda, Circuit of the Americas, and saw you know Austin Dillon and their cheated up Trans Am car uh, set up that you know for an amateur race with a with a twenty probably a twenty two you know setup with the the new next gen car, but who knows? But maybe they, maybe they were just low key you know the whole weekend. But what I I failed miserably. And reporting on Corey LaJoy. And now Corey's going to come on the show in January. And trust me, he's going to set me straight, I'm sure. But I said that I thought he was driving the number 129 Mazda Miata. He wasn't. I still don't know what car he was driving. But he was driving a different Mazda Miata. And he was tearing up the track. But he's going to talk to us about that. And he said this. I, I, I was able to talk to him earlier this week on a, on a conference call. And he said, if NASCAR races Miata's next year, he's got a shot to win. <laughs> just, just saying, I think that. there's some. I, I think there's something to that that uh, you know we can. Uh, we, we maybe we should lobby NASCAR to uh, mm. to to go that direction. It would be any Do what? Why Motorsports is bringing on a new manufacturer next year? That, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe they bring on. Maybe they bring on the. Uh, you know what? What big family car does Mazda have? I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that's a great segue into the silly season aspect of the show. Uh, when What's going on there? I mean, uh, every year it seems more craziness, and we still have drivers that don't have rides, like Tyler Dillon, uh, you know, Ty, uh, Ty Dillon. Yeah, quite a bit, and, and this, this last couple weeks, uh, maybe not too much movement in the Cup Series, but uh, definitely the Xfinity Series as of late. Um, you know, a couple... Uh, big decisions here were made with some big teams. One of them was Myatt Snyder, um, who will be driving the number two Chevy for RCR, Richard Children's Racing and Xfinity full-time. Um, I mean, a great announcement for Snyder. I mean, boy, I tell you, he had some really good runs this past year, uh, whether it was for um, him being in that 21 for RCR for, I believe, eight races, or in the Seek family in that number 93. I mean, it's a tough deal being a young driver and some might not remember, but Myatt Snyder, he ran all 33 races last year um, across mm -hmm. two different cars. And uh, that was his rookie year. And he did it with multiple 
multiple teams, and that's that's never easy. Austin Cedric did it a few years ago, driving for multiple teams, and uh, that definitely compounded for Maya because he was with a small team. Um, you know that that 21 car that it it had some good good pace, but that 93 it was a different story, and uh, he'd been 25 races for them, and I honestly think that was a huge help for him. Now that he's going to be going down a full time path with a with a really competitive car, I mean a car that won a championship just one year ago with with Redick. Uh, but there there's certain things that mid pack racing I think teaches you that running up front probably doesn't. And I mean how to handle ill ill handling car and outperform with it uh, teaches you how to balance risk taking with equipment that you can't just throw away and forget about. I mean those teams they need those parts and pieces and. Um, how to handle traffic. I mean, there's just a lot of things that I'm sure he took from that, from both experiences last year, and it'll be a huge help for next year. And uh, big for RCR to return the full-time Xfinity racing. As I said, that two car just won the title two years ago with Title Reddick and Andy Street, uh, the uh, crew chief. Uh, he crew chiefed the 21 all year last year, but he'll be on uh, with Snyder uh, this uh, this whole season. So a consistent place and a, or a consistent face in a consistent place, so that that would be big for him. Uh, this this whole changing landscape, you mentioned it, Jerry, with the, how the competition changes um, across all the series, but really Xfinity, that's really the interesting one because guys come up from trucks, Xfinity is that that ramp that can lead you right to cup, but you have to earn it. And there's no more Christopher Bell, there's no more Cole Custer, Reddick, Chase Briscoe's gone, uh, Cindric will be gone in a year, and these types of moves for guys like uh, Maya Snyder, I mean, those are the type of moves that can align you with some massive success yeah. um, if it works out right. Yeah. Um, and and speaking of Chase Briscoe, um, it was officially announced finally that um, I mean, we know he's been out for a little bit, but who was going to get into that ride? Uh, Bobby Herbst, and uh, he's coming off uh, his first year with a uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, and he's a uh, he's an interesting character. Um, I. I, I try giving every driver some room to improve. Um, I, I know he needs it. It wasn't what you would imagine a Joe Gibbs racing season would look like, especially in that 18 car. Um, he didn't have much to build off, but again, he didn't run full-time trucks. I mean, he, he really jumped clean over that. He went from ARCA two years there to right to Xfinity, and that's a, that's a big move. Um, he's one of those guys who did it, and you wonder how that adjustment will go. And it, it was hit and miss. I mean, he had points this season where he put on some solid results and others where he was in a little bit of trouble. So, I mean, the same can be said for many rookies. I mean, I think of Brandon Jones, uh, who just a couple years ago in Joe Gibbs racing equipment, I really didn't see him uh, going too far. And now he's one of my championship favorites for next year. He might not win it, but he's going to be really good, I feel. Um, he's got four career wins out of nowhere. Uh, so I try hard not to judge a driver based off year one. Uh, I always try to give them that second year to see how they build, how they kind of seep into the series. And uh, this is going to be year two for Riley. Uh, big shoes to fill. Um, I like to think that the lessons he learned from last year with Gibbs will transition to Stuart House Racing, but uh, you just never know. Um, it, he's definitely one of the big question mark drivers uh, for the new season. One thing about uh, him is he's got the money to back him. Uh, you know, his family's uh, Vegas-based. Uh, they own the Turbo Hertz uh, uh, convenience store gas station chain out there. That's huge uh, for them. And the other thing, it, it, it provides money. That money is, is kind of, a, I believe, a trade-off with Monster Energy and a B2B program. And this is a prime example of how B2B programs can work. 
uh, across the sport. So, uh, yeah, Riley's, Riley's made some mistakes. He's wrecked some cars, but he's also shown some speed. And I think he probably needs the mentorship at SHR that he can get from Kevin and from Eric Almarola and, 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 you know, even Tony Stewart, you know, as a, as someone to, to lean on and to talk to. And he, I don't think he was getting that at, at Joe Gibbs racing. So I, I think this will be a good move for Riley. And going back uh, to my real quick, uh, uh, he, he was going to be driving the number two, which for him is a little bit more meaningful because he actually started his career way back when in Bandoleros, Legend Cars, even Late Models driving the number two. And I got to talk to him last week uh, on the Zoom call, and he actually won uh, the Short Track Nationals, Myrtle Beach 400, driving the number two. So for him, it's a little bit of coming home to a car number he's familiar with, not just a car number that RCR has history with in the Xfinity series. Uh, mm-hmm. For Riley, yes, he's made mistakes. Uh, you're meant to learn from the mistakes. Uh, hopefully he does learn. Hopefully he does get the mentorship. Uh, he does have a lot of potential. It's a matter of whether or not he can focus that potential on track to put up the results. Yeah. Uh, and I think, too, going, going back to, um, you know, the first one with, uh, the two car and all that stuff. RCR has has kind of already been a home for Mike Snyder, you know, because he w- ran last year with uh, the twenty one car. So, and we already know how well he ran all year, going back and forth between the two teams, like Zach said. So, um, finally knowing he's going to be at one car, one ride, one home uh, throughout the year, uh, I think he's going to be be able to put some stuff together and and get a win or two, maybe, uh, and probably put a good run in for the championship. That two car's already uh, been a threat for the championship before with uh, Tyler Reddick. So, yeah, and and one other point was, I mean, it, it's always just like a little other detail, but his age. Um, I saw he's going to be, I believe, twenty six uh, next week, mm-hmm. and I I, re- I remember Christopher Bell, you know, last a year or two ago, he was kind of looking at that clock of these young drivers, you know, coming in, and you know, before they're twenty, they're making Cup starts, and you know, he was, I think, twenty five at the time. Chris Bell was, and uh, he was like, he was looking at his own watch. He's like, I'm kind of running out of time. I feel, I feel my best years <laughs> right now, which is funny to hear someone your age say <laughs> they're at their peak of driving, but it's, it's kind of true. You, you don't want to get forgotten. So uh, for someone who's going to be 26 here and for him to get uh, an opportunity like this, you have to know he was going through those same, those same worries of, you know, I was in truck series a couple of years ago. Now I'm part time. What's going to happen. So it, it worked out and possibly at the perfect time. Well, in other news, uh, this week, uh, NASCAR put the Gen 7 car back on the track. They put it at Daytona this time. And from what I I heard during the press conference and the the press releases on this, it was more about gathering information uh, and seeing where they can take the car going forward. John Probst, who's the the, head of all this stuff for for NASCAR, um, he said that they want to they want to work with the the uh, OEMs, the manufacturers for Chevy and Toyota, and maybe whoever else you know down the road when we get a new manufacturer in NASCAR. We want to work with them for next year uh, to have a vigorous training uh, or, or testing schedule and to figure out where they can test it. I would look for a test somewhere in the Charlotte area, 
maybe at Charlotte Motor Speedway, I don't know. Uh, but that was what uh, Probst said in his interview, was they want to get on a local track. In, uh, this is weird. A local track up in the, in the Charlotte area. So does that mean a short track? Does that mean Charlotte Motor Speedway? Does that mean go up the road to Martinsville? I, I, I'm not sure what he meant by that. But uh, as Chris Buescher said in his interview, what he did out on the track was a lot of data gathering. And they were able to go pretty fast with the car, uh, but it was more it was more technical than some of the other tests that uh, that I think they've had in the past. So that's going to be interesting. I don't know what your, you guys' thoughts are on it, but it, this was the green and black car, by the way. This was NASCAR's uh, Gen Seven car. It was not the car that was built by Action Express, uh, which is the the red and, and black car that I had photos of uh, on Kick of the Tires uh, back in July, I believe. I think well, I think having uh, testing in multiple places, so that way they know how that car is going to react on a short track, on a on a mile and a half. Uh, heck, even with the restrictor plates at at a, at like a Talladega or, or Daytona or something like that. Um, maybe go to I I don't know how realistic like a, a Michigan would be, but maybe Atlanta since that would be that high speed uh, track like that would be something uh, close close to that. Um, so have they done have they done a short track yet? The Gen 7? No, they haven't. Uh, At least not Phoenix, that I can remember. Phoenix is the closest thing they've done with that car, I believe. It's yeah, Phoenix right. and uh, Dover, uh, as far as uh, track length, yeah. Yeah, I would say take it to Hickory or someplace. Maybe some, some beat-up old, that, old track. <laughs> that, that, that's honestly what I was thinking. Idea. Yeah, take it to that, Hickory. That, that's honestly what I was thinking. Something like Hickory or Southern National Motorsports Park or something else in the charlotte or north carolina area heck just make a call to dale jr he's got a key to all those tracks basically apparently so. <laughs> yeah well you know i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna tell something on, my, on myself here uh you know we talked about hickory i've only seen one single thing run on hickory speedway that was the wiener mobile <laughs> i'm serious that's the only thing i've seen on but... that track was the wiener mobile i was up there for a uh for for a, a presser and and stuff with Roush a few years ago, so I I have to admit I have never seen a race at Hickory. Boom! I got it. Rockingham, just, just take it up to Rockingham and just throw yeah, a whole cars bunch of stuff. The cars yeah. tour was actually testing at uh, Rockingham this past weekend uh, because they're going to be racing at Rockingham next year. They were doing a tire test. North Wilkesboro. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Start it now. Just. Just get all the pictures out there and make all the rumors start. <laughs> hey, they did just clean up all the weeds for I racing. That's right, North, <laughs> North Wilkesboro. There you go. That would be the that would be the track that they need to take it at. Maybe we can do some Photoshop work and uh, float it around on Reddit, <laughs> and then that'll get everybody stirred up. There you go. Uh, uh, that's my segment. What do you got? Uh, you know, Seth, I, I think we, we may have some iRacing stuff going on. Yeah, we did. Uh, first off, uh, I did run in the Monday Night League this past weekend. Uh, it, we, we ran Street Stocks at Legacy Phoenix. Huh. And I had two days of thunder moments on the final overtime. One in which I got through the wreck and jumped from... 24th to 8th. It was a 23 car wreck. And then another one uh, coming off the final corner coming to the checkered. When I hit a car that shouldn't have been there, uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, 
No offense to off-axis paint, but if you have damaged suspension, maybe don't try continuing on track. I got a question. Who caused the 23-car power? A combination please, of please Ryan Farkas and Anthony Alfredo. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, yeah. Pro-level pro drivers? <laughs> pro-level drivers? Did, did they get suspended or kicked out of the... Oh, the chat was pretty entertaining for a little bit. Uh, I did hear uh, there might be a probation for one driver. Um, oh. So they, they are starting to crack down on some things. Well, but that's, uh, that's I, good. I, it's about time. But you know what? I finished eighth in that race, so. Okay, well, good. Hey, well, there you go. Racing is going to have an awesome league coming up next year. Uh, so, uh, yes. Uh, Nick Sanchez won that race. Um over on the eNASCAR iRacing Pro Series, uh, Isaac Gann dominated the race, locked himself into the Coca-Cola Series next year with one race left to go. Uh, five drivers are now locked in. Uh, Garrett Maines from uh, Elliott Sadler Esports and Richmond Raceway Esports. He is in the developmental program for Richmond. It's a little bit of a complicated deal for him. Uh, Mitchell DeYoung of Coanda Simsport and Virtual Racing School, mm-hmm. Isaac Gann from North Force Racing, uh, Nathan Lyon, and Ashton Crowder. What about uh, our driver? Our driver, Brandon Cattell, well, at Charlotte, he did not make a qualifying lap, started 39th, last on the grid. Yeah. Raced his way up to 18th before green flag pit stops. Took the lead during the first round of green flag pit stops. Went a lap down. Got back on the lead lap, back up to 18. Caution came out, restarted fourth, came home sixth. Nice. Nice. In a kick in the right. tires car. I've got to yeah. love that. Now, right, right now, he, well, right now, without the drop week, he is five points out. Ooh. With the With the drop week factored in, he is six points in. Oh, jeez. Okay. So he's got to race hard. Where's the finale at next week? Homestead, Miami Speedway. And where does he have to finish to to advance? Uh, I believe he has to finish uh, guaranteed, uh, no matter who wins, he has to finish fifth or better. Okay. (laughs) But... I, I gotta make. I got. I may have to give some more money to get some a better engine in that car. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's but, gonna make it work. Make but it I will say this: uh, based on average finishes, uh, if he finishes where the average finish projects him to finish, uh, he would make it in and would be 16th out of the top 21, and in by 15 points. So okay, everybody. So the reason why this is such a big deal is because kicking the tires. Is sponsoring Brandon Cattell in 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 the series, and this is the leader to go into the big Coca-Cola Racing Series yep. next year. And I can guarantee you, we'll be on his car at some point during the season. I don't know if I can afford the whole season, but we'll be. And on it the depends car. on which team picks him as well. It, it depends on which team picks him, and we'll work out some kind of a deal with them. Uh, you know, look, I've never met a team or an advertiser that I couldn't trade <laughs> something out for. Uh, but that's you know, this is big for kicking the tires to have. A legitimate driver competing for real wins in a in the virtual world. That yep, sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and we will know in a, one week's time uh, whether or not he will make the Coca Cola iRacing series. And 
speaking of Coca-Cola, I believe there is a little bit of Coca-Cola news in the real world of racing, right, Justin? Yeah, uh, that's with Bubba Wallace. Um, we all know he is not going to be racing with Richard Petty Motorsports next year. Um, he's uh, signed a deal with Denny Hamlin's new team. He's partnered with uh, Michael Jordan, and they've got the 23XI racing uh, coming into play in 2021. Um, they've already got the charter set up for the 23 car and everything. Uh, just kind of the uh, big overall question that's kind of been floating out there for the past month or two uh, has been kind of what what's what are the sponsors what are the stickers that are going to be on the car and so we finally hear uh they they announced their sponsorship deals uh but one of the bigger ones that i that i caught was that um one of those sponsors is going to be uh dr pepper we've kind of seen uh lots of different drinks and and across lots of different cars you know mountain dew being with uh, dale and her jr and then chase elliott um uh pepsi has been kind of around here and there uh, and then obviously you have your coca-cola racing family of drivers but um Bo Wallace gets us Dr. Pepper sponsorship now um the interesting part of that is that he is uh one of the Coca-Cola drivers so with this sponsorship that's going to end at the end of this calendar year obviously and and now he's going to be uh just a uh, regular driver quote-unquote um just not one of the Coca-Cola drivers since he now has a Dr. Pepper sponsorship so uh that's uh, that I kind of thought was a little interesting uh of a change uh, there. Uh, so I think that now brings the total list of Coca-Cola drivers down to about six. I know it used to be around a dozen or so uh, back in the day. Um, it, it, uh, you have Newman, Hamlin, Austin, Dillon, Suarez. Not Larson anymore? No, they cut ties with Larson. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, I'm trying to remember who else there was. Racing family of drivers. Go! Let's see. Yeah, so it's Hamlin, Austin Dillon, and then, like you said, Kyle Larson. Joey Logano was the other one uh, that I was thinking ah. of. Um, and then, like you said, Newman and Suarez. So, obviously, Larson uh, getting cut ties earlier this year, and then uh, Bubba Wallace going to be cut at the end of this year. Uh, it's now down to just, what, Hamlin, Dillon, Logano? Yeah, it's down to just those five. So, um, so I, I wonder if they uh, move to replace either... Bubba and or Larson because I think they had planned on having seven until Larson uh, used a racial slur on iRacing earlier this year and lost all of his sponsors, which yeah. he has a tone for. Uh, and Bubba now leaving. I wonder if they keep it at five or if they add another one or two and uh there was a little bit of talk yesterday. I know Bob Pockers was talking about uh, Pepsi not renewing at Hendrick. So yeah, it's interesting timing. Yeah, because all of the because he pointed out all the pictures with uh, Chase Elliott because he he ran the Mountain Dew paint scheme, right? So. Yeah. Um, all of his new pictures, I guess, that they started to publish for like his hero cards and and to distribute to all their sponsors for whatever thing they need to do with all that stuff. Um, but basically, uh, the Mountain Dew patch was gone, so that's where it kind of led to. Oh, hey, where's Pepsi now? And no one could see Pepsi in any of the pictures either. So that's an interesting, interesting uh, observation. I will. I want to circle back to the. Dr. Pepper part of uh, what we were talking about. Dr. Pepper is owned by Keurig Dr. Pepper, which also owns 7-Up, Snapple, Canada Dry, RC Cola, uh, the Keurig Coffee Company, obviously, um, as well as buy, like 
the coconut water by drink, B-A-I. Yeah. Uh, and then core nutrition drinks as well. So there is a plethora of beverages and other things that, that Keurig Dr. Pepper could put on that car if it's a Dr. Pepper sponsorship because uh, I'm sure, I'm obviously I'm, uh, would assume that's a corporate sponsorship and not just a brand drink sponsorship so or, so if that that means if he gets the buy drink that would be like the perfect way as he passes someone he could literally say bye <laughs> bye hey, Jay, well, how do you know and, so many and, drinks all of a sudden i have google and, <laughs> and honestly that's honestly, how i knew I about knew. the coca-cola drivers so here let me tell you seriously uh my dad actually used to work for coca-cola years ago when i was a kid um, so I've kind of always kept up with the market. Actually, 7-Up and, and Dr. Pepper, uh, it, it, they used to be competitors. Then 7-Up and Schweppes merged, I believe. And then Schweppes and Dr. Pepper got together. And then Keurig, the coffee, little coffee pod things, they ended mm -hmm. up buying everybody. So it, it's, uh, it's a convoluted and twisted story. But if you ever want to know more about the drink, soft drink industry, read about it and, and also waco here in texas um they have a dr pepper um museum because dr pepper was actually formed and created here in texas so i know a little bit obviously of, about that from our state's history but uh, good good question zach i was on my toes when it comes to soft drinks and, and something that makes me think i wonder if we'll see the dr pepper car on track then at coda and texas more speedway i would bet money on it and i'm going to tell you this because they're going to be in nascar and because they're originally a texas-based company and because i've tried everything else to get other soft drink companies why not reach out to dr Pepper and see if they'd like to sponsor kicking the tires <laughs> why not you know, that kind of that piques my interest <laughs> but but uh, it, it is uh the, at least the most recent time that dr pepper is on the car and Actually, the last time they were on the car, they were also on a 23 car um, BK racing with uh, Alex Bowman. Well, you know why? The 23 is the number of flavors yeah. uh, or ingredients that go into Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Well, they did they also... They crashed every year. Do what? Well, There's the amount of cars they crashed every year as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, to be fair, though, to be fair, exactly. to, be fair to Dr. Pepper... Though, uh, they did actually sponsor the 50 car in the Xfinity series back in, I want to say 2000, Washington Irving Racing. And that was uh, driven by Tony Roper uh, until he got released and unfortunately lost his life later on that year in a uh, truck series accident. Yeah. Uh, ironically, I just Googled Dr. Pepper in the 23. Um, October 1st, 2020. There's a story out uh, called The Truth About Dr. Pepper's Blend of 23 Flavors. So, <laughs> as Zach said, the blend of 23 cars crashing when they were VK racing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Imagine this being a Dr. Pepper, guys. <laughs> there you go. Product placement. <laughs> Your brand here. Every podcast, just twenty-two more <laughs> sips. That's all you got to take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know what? If Dr. Pepper, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Let's, 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 uh, let's get him on the show. Well, either that, or we can all be Coca-Cola racing family drivers, right? And just do that. 
Hey. I've heard they don't have any money, so. <laughs> that too. We, we've had a lot of fun tonight. It's kind of a shortened show, obviously, for those that don't know. This is the week before Christmas. Christmas is happening next week. Um, we're going to have an abbreviated show next week and an abbreviated show uh, after that. We're going to take those uh, in advance. Uh, before we leave you guys tonight, I think we've covered everything uh, on our list, haven't we? Yeah. Okay, so in, in traditional fashion, um, NASCAR this past week put together its annual uh, in remembrance, and you can you can go see this on our YouTube channel uh, on the kicking on the kicking the tires uh, kicking show YouTube channel. Um, but this is a video; it's about a four and a half to five minute video um, remembering those that we've lost uh, in in the in the racing world this past year, and some of those include obviously John Andretti. Uh, Bob Fair, who was the uh, founder in, of uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway, um, Lorraine Gerardo, who was—you may not know who she is—but she was a, she was an assistant to the France family. She helped she helped the France family, uh, you know, do pretty much everything. Um, then we've got obviously right towards the end of the year, they they were on their honeymoon. Baker, uh, uh, Blakely, and uh, and Rowdy Hamill, uh, uh, Harold. I'm sorry, I hate to butcher that that name. Uh, they were Hendrick Motorsports. Um, employee and his wife were killed in a car accident, I believe, hmm. uh, going to Florida um, after their after their wedding. Uh, Flossie Johnson, the first lady of NASCAR, who was Junior Johnson's wife and a former car owner, according to Seth. Uh, Four races in 1991. Because, of course, you know, Junior Johnson ticked NASCAR off, um, you know, as if moonshine wasn't bad enough. But, you know, I, I got to meet Junior Johnson. He was a great guy. So, you know, uh, he he was always fun to be around and always always had a smile on his face. And miss you know miss that Maurice Petty, uh, a huge name in the in the world of NASCAR, mm-hmm. um, and Vicky Wood. Um, she was a NASCAR trailblazer, female driver back in the day. Um, so uh, you know, remember all of these people. Uh, and, and there's one final name here, and I tried to get this person uh, to interview with me a decade ago. Um, and that was Freddie Fryer. Uh, Freddie Fryer, the Beaumont Flyer. He was a race car driver from here. He was sponsored by Fasulo's Paint and Body. This is my hometown. Uh, he won the Snowball Derby, I believe, in uh, said in 79 and 81. Yep. Um, and raced in NASCAR. Uh, he did some crew chief work and, and worked uh, for the Richard Petty driving experience as well. So all these people and more. Uh, we lost a lot of people in NASCAR this past year and, and, and IMSA. Uh, uh, you know, International Motorsports Association. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to their families and anybody else who uh, we have not been able to mention or didn't know about. So uh, I wanted everybody to take a chance, take a moment uh, of silence and think about that. And that's going to do it here. I hate to end the show on a sad note, but that's going to do it here uh, for everybody. Kickingthetires.net. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, and we'll see you in 2021.